Okay, we're starting off number 11. Number uh, 11. Memory tracks. Number 11. It's crazy. Uh, the 10th one came out this morning, um, and it's been two and a half months of doing this, or two months, something like that. It's flying by. It's great. I'm having a lot of fun. And uh, I always say this, but I'm really excited, genuinely really excited for this one. Um and having uh, my good friend Sam Baber here with us today. So, Sam, you can say hello. Hello, hello. Sam has a great voice. We were just sound checking here a second ago. Um, and me calling it out right here, well, is making me self-conscious about my own voice because you're no, so No, no, I listen to your podcast. It's, no, it's all good. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm, like, I know this is going to be really cool. Sit down. Um, and you are bringing some kind of different aspects to it. Um, so I think yours will be really unique in, in, in its own way, which is cool, and I'm, and I'm excited in exploring that with you. And we have no idea where it will go. We have no idea where it will go. Well, some somewhat of an idea. Maybe a few different ideas. Listener but. warning, this could get R-rated. So if you're in the car, kids gotta go. Kids gotta go. That's, it's like the classic uh, This American Life. Like, mm-hmm. There will be expletives in this. Yes. Um, but no, it's good. Um, I, I think it will be really, really... Fantastic. So to kick it off, uh, you know, normally I would give you some context on the, how we know each other and things like that. But when we were preparing for this, I think I messaged you like a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and said, Hey, you know, would you like to be a guest? And you're like, Oh yes. Yeah. I'd love to, which was awesome. I was happy to, Honor that. to do it. I'd been thinking of bringing you on for a long time. Um, and was just waiting for the right moment. Um, and I think you came back and said, I have like, 40 songs that I'm considering and I can't pick which ones and everybody always says that they've got so many songs and things like that but sure enough like we went to dinner beforehand and you pulled up your list of the different songs and we were kind of thumbing through them um, and it, I, I love your passion for music and your connection to it and I, th- I think you really get a lot of what I'm trying to bring out in, mm-hmm. in this podcast because you clearly had so many ideas for it um, what were some of the actual songs that you had on that that, that didn't make the final cut? Because you only get the three, and I told <clears> you you <throat> could cheat a little by telling me like what were the ones that when it first came to mind, and how did you decide? I knew for me I had to pick. I had to be very uh, selective about the time era, right? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do from the fifties to I mean that would be too much, right? Yeah. And so for me, I think about my childhood and adolescence. So I started sort of in the seventies. Yeah. <clears throat> so for your listeners, I was born in 1970. So started in the 70s, and then I I kind of went to the 90s first. So that kind of, and then I really just shrunk it down to very late 70s. Yep. Starting with Donna Summer, I feel love was certainly yeah, one of the first ones, right? And then only went pretty much through high school, and so that was certainly one of the first ones. And then of course the one we're going to focus on tonight came next, but I said, let's keep thinking about this. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so for me, I grew up in Southwest Missouri in the Ozarks and then moved to Texas to Arlington, um, in junior high. And so it was interesting in terms of, and growing up gay in terms of growing up in the, in the Ozarks in a very still pretty odd part of the country. Right. But yeah. at the time, of course, disco was the thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew myself very well as a kid in terms of knowing it wasn't necessarily, you say the word sexual and people freak out, right? But I knew I liked guys from birth. My dad yeah. always says that, um, which always makes me laugh. I knew, <laughs> I knew when you were in the cradle and we were having this huge fight one time. <laughs> and I just laughed and I go, I don't know how you knew that. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, I really started thinking about all the music from 
you know, when I was eight or nine years old up until about 17, 18, and, and the music specifically that had an impact on how I was forming my identity. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, for me, there's there's this whole section disco-wise of, like, Casey and the Sunshine Banks. I loved roller skating, and I mm-hmm. loved dancing, and I still do. Barbarella, Friday Nights, Radies. <laughs> um, and then there was this other section of, like, the stadium rock of, like, Queen, right? Because yep. Freddie was huge for me, too. Yeah. Even he, And even though I can't imagine sometimes Freddie Mercury in today's culture. Yeah. <clears throat> but of that era, it was huge. And much more for me, him, than like Elton John. I never really cared much for Elton John. No offense. But, uh, <laughs> and then there was the section, the new wave came in, right? Yeah. And so for me then it was, and of course it really felt liberating. Yeah. And so for me at that point, I began to look at, and Bronski beat was very much Jimmy Somerville, um, B-52s, Sparks, Psychedelic Furs, Soft Cell, Human League, Depeche Mode, which I'm still a huge fan, The Cure, Haircut 100, ABC, all that, Bow Wow Wow, The Fix, The Obscure Bands, and it, the list just kept growing and growing yeah. and growing. And then high school for me was very much the Smith's Land, you yeah. know, to put it bluntly. Um, Echo and the Bunnymen, Erasure, um, OMD, huge fan. That, and that's a hard one for me not to want to pick to squeeze, Spandau Ballet. And then I began to fall in love with classic rock right before I started going to college, and that's mm-hmm. when I fell in love with like Led Zeppelin, Mm-hmm. Um, Kiss, Cheap Trick. I had, you know, and I still love Billy Joel. It's a guilty pleasure, <laughs> I will admit. So for me, then it was like, it was so much, right? And I kept thinking, I don't know what to pick. Yeah. And so I would go back to what I put second, right? And I, and you me tell the story too, like in terms of, and you and I bonded on this actually when we first got to know each other pretty early. I remember having this conversation with you at some point at Bizarre Voice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, about Prince. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, just so the listeners know, I finally was trying, I was trying to figure out like, Oh, I gotta, get, I gotta get Harrison my list. And then I just finally said to you, can we do all Prince? And you said, of course, and I couldn't be happier. And so, cause honestly too, when I look back and even p- then picking even three and, and the thing for me for Prince is it really is one decade's worth of work. It's 79 to 89. Right. Um, not that I don't like some of the other stuff, mm-hmm. but there's not one what's thing the, between that decade that I don't love. What's the last one? For me, Love Sexy is the last yeah. one that I still listen to. Right. So the album's coming out from 79 to 89. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't, yeah. It's, that's sort of mine. There's nine. Do you and skip so, For You or is For You? No, I love, I, I love For You, but For You I didn't discover. Yeah, the, you go back I was like to. eight years old for you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I didn't know Prince until what we're going to kick off with, right, right? Right. And even that was his third album. Yes, yeah. And so, you know, for me, um, when I look at that time in my life, right, because mm-hmm. I was looking all over the place with all these different influences, at the end of the day, from the time I was nine to the time I was 19, and then forever after, Yeah. that decade of his music... Oh, you know, it's, it's just, it's yeah. hard for me to can't be put into words. Right. Never will ever. There's, I can't, there's nothing like it and there never will be again. Right. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. people will try. Right. Well, and I'm excited, uh, because I mean, obviously losing Prince this year was really hard and I think we exchanged and I learned from you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sh- that, that will, we can, maybe we'll go into more detail on that later, but, uh, you know, normally when guests send songs, I always try and bring in diversity across the types of people, the relationships, the things that they pick and things like that. 
So, you know, if someone else had brought me three songs from from any other artist, then I'd probably be like, eh, can, it's fine if that's what you want to do, but can we maybe get some more variety in there? Because I do think it's another, like, side product of listening to these episodes is potentially help, helping people discover new music. Oh, for sure. Um, and in, in a different context than what they might get from reading Rolling Stone's top 100 albums or whatever. Um, so picking all, three songs from the same artist limits you in that. But Prince, uh, and again, we will probably embellish upon this throughout the conversation, but I think he's one of those people that there's, you know, before his death and then after his death, and, you know, it's been a few months now, but um, I guess it'll be a year here. In Not too long. Jeez. Or a few months, yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot, you know, people know Purple Rain, and they know a couple of others here and there, but they don't really know Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to, because there is so much, you have to study it. You have to really love and appreciate it. And if you didn't grow up when they were coming out, then, you know, he became larger than his own music. And he became a joke. Not not a joke in a sense, but he became the character of Prince. Well, what was fascinating that, when you and I started talking about Prince was you and I have a not a substantial age gap, but yeah. I mean still, right? And right. so when I began to really tell, you actually got it, right? Yeah. It was like, but wait a minute, man. You were born <laughs> after the era in which, you know, the impact, right, this right. had on my life. Right. And so that's where, I mean, I do, well, I, I, there's a lot of things probably, Harrison, yeah. that you and I bonded on, but certainly that was one of the ones I, think, I, yeah, I this remember is, the most. And the other one would be Bowie. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's a whole other yeah, story. Yeah, we could probably do part two of another three Bowie You songs. could do that by yourself. <laughs> I could definitely do that. <laughs> I mean, I think Bowie will ultimately be one of the songs that I picked for myself. It's just a matter of, I actually do know which one, but... That time will come. Um, but we digress. But yeah, we digress. Uh, and the point that I guess I was trying to make before we jump into the songs is Prince is one of very few artists that I feel like you can have such interesting, compelling, you know, different stories to tell across mm-hmm. three different songs. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you can say that about a lot of people. But this, I think, will really bring in a lot of cool things and hopefully help people understand Prince in a different context that they might not. I, I certainly hope so. I think though that again too, for me, the Testament to his talent, here's a white kid from Missouri, right? In the, mm-hmm. in the middle of like God forsaken <laughs> meth hillbilly land <laughs> who already loves disco. Right. Yeah. And then I want to tell how it even came into my life. Right. So I'm the kid too. So people know that, and I look back, I didn't realize the, the significance of stuff like this until I was older, right? And was reflecting, and I was like, you know, Mom and I used to go to Schlotzky's sometime after piano practice. And there Found was a it ju- in Austin. And there was a jukebox. And I, you know, I remember this moment. And at this point, I was seven or eight of going to the jukebox and just instinctively playing MacArthur Park by Donna Summer. Like, so mm-hmm. clearly it's one of those things, too, in hindsight, where I'm like, you know, we could talk a, a whole other story about gay culture, right? Yep. <clears throat> but what is this kid in Missouri in the middle of no? Like, you right. know, I mean, I wasn't like, uh, we traveled, but it wasn't, and I certainly didn't grow up in a liberal household. Um, but there was, whenever this music would come on, and luckily for me at that time with FM radio, right, in the mm-hmm. late 70s and 8-tracks, because let's not kid ourselves, that's what we're talking about, <laughs> right? Um, my mother certainly was very much the Neil Diamond, Olivia Newton-John, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And then my father was whatever, mostly like Loretta Lynn, Patsy mm-hmm. Cline, mm-hmm. Dolly Parton. And then all of a sudden there's disco. And the thing about I love about my parents to this day and forever is 
they never got in the way of my cultural, whatever I wanted, whether it was books, mm-hmm. whether it was going to movies, because mm-hmm. so as you know, too, books and movies are my DNA. Yeah. And music, too, it was always do what you want, right? They never, ever, I didn't have censored parents. I mean, my father still, he was so excited when he got to show his grandkids Blazing Saddles when they were like my age when I saw it, which was like five. So there wasn't this policing, right? Right. Because you can think too about Tipper Gore and that whole era, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is before there was Not any labels common. on albums of parents, right? Yeah. But my parents never really gave a shit, um, which I'm so grateful for, yeah. right? Um, and so there was a girl in like sixth grade class. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't sixth grade, was it? What grade was I in? It was fifth grade. Fifth grade class, Amanda, what's her name? I won't give her last name just in case. I, I, have no, I have no idea where she is or if she still exists, but anyway. And she had a sister in high school, and we used to sometimes go to Amanda's house after school and play albums, right? Mm-hmm. And she was the one who was like, my sister has this really crazy album, right? And it's really dirty. In fact, it's called Dirty Mind, mm-hmm. right? I'm all okay. And so my first experience is in this little suburban, all white, you yeah. know, with this other girl in like fifth grade listening to Prince. Yeah. And of course the minute, the minute we're playing this too, and this was the song for sure for me too, that yeah. it was like instantly changed the way I was, I felt right. I was already having, I mean, I used to dance alone in my room for hours. Right. Right. This was sort of different in terms of suddenly it, it felt guttural yeah, and it felt very, it wasn't so much about the lyrics, although they are amazing. Um, but it was about this, suddenly it turned a light switch on inside of me about libido, truthfully, right? Yeah. And I was an early bloomer, I will say. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how Prince came into my life initially. Was It was through her. And in fact, <clears throat> you know, that album, and then I'm, I always have to look back. Are you spoiling the story? No, 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 no. But because we left Missouri when I was in junior high. Okay, yeah. But Amanda became my Prince buddy for like two years. Because he was releasing an album a year. Yeah. And her sister was always the one who would buy them, right? <laughs> and then Amanda and I would... I mean, we would kill those records, right? Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And I'm addicted from the beginning. And at that time, I felt strange buying... I didn't buy them either for a while. The first one of his I bought, we'll talk about later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, I mean, seriously, I literally lived off of, of Amanda's sister's... Yeah. albums for a couple years yeah. in that bedroom I never took them home right they never they weren't playing on the radio I will tell you that <laughs> not in Missouri really no but occasion, so Saturday mornings for me of course at this point cartoons in the morning of Looney Tunes mm-hmm. American Bandstand and then I waited for Soul Train and I loved it and so because it was like yeah. I mean I would practice those moves man I still I love Soul Train so occasionally you would hear Prince on Soul Train Okay. Before, this is the early days, right? Right. Before really you began to hear more of him, which was later. Yeah. Well, let's kick it off then with the first song, because I think that's a good intro to why it's justified that you've picked three three Prince songs. Um, we're going to start off with really, you know, one of, one of my favorite personal ones. Um, it's the opening track and the title track um, by Prince, Dirty Mind. Dirty 
well, well, well. Dirty mind. I'm proud of my dirty mind. Hey. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were talking while you guys were listening to the song a little bit. And I was joking, but serious. So, so, you know, it's 1980 at this point, or 81, actually, probably 81. It was 81, actually. It was fifth grade, and it was the spring of 81. And, you know, all we could do was sit in Amanda's room and, like, look at the album cover. I mean, there wasn't phone. There wasn't, you know, she didn't have a TV in her room. There wasn't, you know, Atari was at my house. But, like, you know, that's all you could do was sit back and listen to the music. And that's why when I see scenes from, like, Dazed and Confused or some, you know, where... You would, you'd just sit there and put on headphones and yeah. listen to the music. And yeah. that was all you needed, right? You didn't need anything else. And I was joking with Harrison just now that I'm sure in hindsight, right? It didn't really occur to me till this moment, 36 <laughs> years later, I'm sure Amanda was like, why is this guy not trying to make a pass at me right now? Well, duh. Listening Anyways. to this super essential. <laughs> well, I mean, that's all we did for two years, right? It was like, let's go home and listen to... Like maybe the 13th time we listened to this. He'll finally... I mean, it's hysterical, right? Because, that you know, we played to death this album, right? And some other ones. And, of course, we would also spin stuff backwards for messages, right? Like, oh, is yeah. there a message uh-huh. in there? Yeah. Um, totally, thoughts. right? Queen was... Yeah, that was, that was the controversy. Was <laughs> listen to another one bites the dust backwards. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, for me too, it's like this is the first. There's so many things in this song that show the future of that decade for me, for him, right? Yeah. The lyrics are cheeky. There's always nature. There's always a little bit of tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. And then there's the flat out, like, we're going to fuck, right? Yeah. Whatever. Pardon my French. Um, And then the layer upon layer, what he does with music, even though it's very synthy and it's post punkish kind of right right um and then you hear that voice right and so for me too at this time it's like 1981 right there there's not that many voices like this on the market right and and then you look at the cover and you're listening to his voice remember we do that and be like what is this guy like who is this guy right and the androgyny and definitely the sexual identity and the prowess and the confidence and the confidence man right and then of course it wasn't till don't forget this MTV is still not in my life at this point I think it was 81 it was coming close here right yeah. 81 82 so we, we, we had it in the house pretty early I didn't know he was like so short right I didn't know he <laughs> was right I mean I didn't, you know because you when I remember when I first saw that he was short too I was shocked right um because it wasn't like he was in People Magazine at this point, kids, just to be clear, right? Yeah. This was very, and for a major label, too. I mean, in hindsight, too. I mean, Warner Brothers, this was like, good for them, right? Good for them. But the 70s, too, from a filmmaking perspective and a music making, yeah. these major studios were taking risks, right? Well, and this was the one that comes, it comes after the self-titled, where he's got the radio Correct. hit for I Want to Be Your Lover. Yep. And then... And right before Controversy. Right before, oh, okay, so Controversy, yeah. Comes after. Comes this. after, that's right. This even, one even is dirtier, which I'm, your listeners will have to yeah, go off yeah, on their own. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's this is the progression. You're right. It really does set the stage because he does. toys with it in very much more innocent ways than the previous record. And a little precursor to Little Red Corvette. I yeah. mean, it is right. It's like a preview of that because he loves the car, man. Let me tell you, right? he loves the car. Well, cause again too at that day, and I mean, it was the car. Yeah. It was the car. It always yeah. was the car. You bet. That's it's a whole so other. Good. That's a whole other. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're gonna, you know, we won't get to some of the dirty mind, but yeah, you know, he's just this album is just in it, in it there, again. Like I said, beginning with this album for me, up through Love Sexy, 
I, I still, I mean, even more, of course, because this year too, you know, it's always been in the soundtrack of my life. Yeah. Right. But yeah, this year it's definitely been, you know, whenever I'm having an odd day or I just, and I loved Bowie just as much, but Prince for me is, I mean, he is, he's so much, I, it's my life. Look, I look at him and I never knew the guy. Right. And it's like, you know, but you really had this profound influence on this kid's life. And, and even though you can look back at the, this time frame and think, well, it was a very over-sexualized culture. Well, it was also really the first decade that this country began to talk about sex in right. a very open way. Yeah. Um, cause I remember teaching when I was in grad school, I taught freshmen who were born in, I guess it would have been 1988. Mm-hmm. And so I taught freshman comp for a couple of years in Boston. And I remember one of the projects we had is the end of the class was you guys are going to burn a CD <laughs> and we're going to call it soundtrack of your youth. And you're going to pick the 10 oh, to 15 yeah. songs yeah. that really represent your adolescence. Mm-hmm. And you're going to write about it because it was a writing class. And of course, Prince was online. Right. But it was that was when I began to really think about what a per- you, you never know the influences as right. a kid right. that will carry you through your life. Yeah. Right? And he's definitely the anchor. Yeah. Yeah. And always will be. Always will yeah. be. Thank God. I'm so, I'm so blessed. Yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I just, yeah, I can't. I, yeah. It's yeah. I love him. It's so good. Do you want to move to the next one? Sure. I mean, I'm, I think what I want to do too here is, you know, next album's controversy, right? Yeah. Which is Lord of mercy. Um, so good. Um, and certainly still one of my favorite album covers by far. Um, love it so much. Describe it for the listeners that don't have it in front of them. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's some um, newspaper print in the background. It says, love thy neighbor. It says, do you believe in God? The president signs gun control. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. It, we, oh, we listened to Dirty Mind and... After it came out, probably a good six months. Yeah. And it was only six months later that... Yeah, I mean, it's like back-to-back. Uh, back pretty much, releases, right? He, he loved his fall releases, I will say yeah. that. Um, and so that 81 was the year, for me, honestly, and I'm not trying... It's just going to sound like such a cop-out, right? Those two albums do blur, though, because that's all we, we had. That's all we had for a good year was those two albums in terms of... They came out... We were late. I was late to Dirty Mind, you know, in terms of it had been out for a while. Yeah. But within six months of hearing it for the first time is when controversy so, came. Help out. me understand, like at the time, as Dirty Mind is big, it's not, not necessarily huge, no, and probably not very big for your area. Like if oh, you were living, I mean, in, the fact that I had it right, yeah. like the fact that I had access to it was amazing. Yeah, um, and it was all because Amanda's older sister was in high school, and she, you know, yeah, she, I wouldn't say she was like, I mean, she got around, whatever, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> it was not music that was prominently displayed at that right. time. Um, because it wasn't until the album we're going to get you next that actually that's what exploded. Yeah. And, and, and then for uh, the thing that was funny for us at this age, um, the, uh, <laughs> the thing that was so funny. So we're spring of 81, dirty mind, fall 81 controversy. And then lo and behold, a year later is 1999. And, and of course, Amanda and I thought at this point too, this is like our little secret kind of thing. Right? Yeah. So it's the kind of thing that you still do in your life, which is like, oh man, I've known about that band, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right, that whole thing. So w- imagine these 
but for friends. Seventh graders, <laughs> right? Six seventh graders at this point. Listening to songs like Dirty Being Mind. like, why all of a sudden does everyone know about Prince, right? Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the most exciting thing for me at the time that 1999 came out, it was the first one I bought. Mm-hmm. And I bought it pretty much really quickly when it came out. Because, of course, that cover, you could get lo- you still can get lost yeah. in that cover. Yeah. And, it's, and it's filthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was a double fucking album. That's right. So I mean, it was There's like holy hell! Like we are gonna content. like this is this should last this. us for a while, yeah. right? Now I've got all this. Oh my god! And I'm hitting puberty. I mean, yeah. I just want to be very clear here, right? Like, <laughs> so it was explosive. It really. I mean, and again, I, I'm not thinking this while I'm living it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you don't know until you're an adult later on, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was explosive. It was the fall of '82, and it was, and for me, that was the sixth grade. No, it was that was seventh grade. Yeah. That was seventh grade, and totally it hit puberty. Um, and you know, in for all candor, right? Because you know how much I love radical candor. Um, certainly, exp- uh, you know, exploring my uh, my sexuality. Yeah. Um, and not feeling bad about it. And you know, I look back too, and there's times where I think I don't know where the where the bravery or the uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess part of it's just you raised that way, right? But I did. I, I was very cavalier, and I'm, we would, we, as families, decades later, we'd watch family videos, and of course, the whole family would look at me in the video, and of course, we'd all laugh because it'd be like, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> right? Like you know, we're on a family trip, and my dad's panning across the Smoky Mountains, and then suddenly you see me like totally jump out with my arms outstretched, like shaking my hips. And it's like, Oh my, and I was like 10, you know, 11 years old. And of course it's like, well, of course. Right. (laughs) And this music for me was very much about moving your, you had to move your body. Yeah. Like it was required. If you're listening to Prince, like you're going to move. It's an involuntary reaction. You bet. For sure. And then the sense of discovery. And so this album for me too, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, this was the, this was certainly the one that like, you kind of knew it was like, buddy, I can't wait to hear what's next. Right. Yeah. And thank God we had something pretty much every year. And so opening up that album and then of course, yeah, everyone knows this album, right? But he really, and it, you have to do give credit. This now, is this technically point, the MTV. big hit. Well, and this is, you can give a lot of that credit to MTV. Yeah. 100%, right? Yeah. Because this is certainly the era and the years in which that's exploded. Right. Um, and everybody's that, watching. And, and nobody was prepared for it. I do want to tee it up, though, that, yeah. that when he died, yeah. and I was working, and you texted me, and there was that day, right? And, and bless your heart, I mean, you were just devastated. I remember that. Mm. But I couldn't do much in terms of actually having a moment right till mm-hmm. work was done. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going into my car and I have all the CDs in the car. I mean, right. Um, <laughs> and cause you better. And instinctively the first song I had to just sit in the garage in the car and listen to was little red Corvette. And I burst into tears and I do love that song. I will always love that song, but because everyone knows that song, I did not pick that song yeah. for your podcast. So, still hanging out a little bit with Amanda here. I hadn't moved to Texas yet. Okay. Because I do think of Amanda, for every time I hear this song I picked tonight, I think of her. We're going to have to track her down. No, we're not. 
There's some things that stay in the past. Um, She's probably out in some Ozark cabin. Well, the hard thing is I really can't remember her last name. I can pull out my junior high notebooks right, yeah. and find her. Yeah. I can't remember her last name, but anyway, she was blonde. Anyway, um, so this song is an unusual, very unusual, very, very unusual Prince song. <laughs> but I remember when the, and, and, and either you will, if you know it, you may hate it. You just may not like it at all. And I completely understand but I know for me at this point, I'm like 13, 12, 13 years old. And um, it blew my mind. It's fascinating. And I still love it. I yeah. still absolutely love it. And it's one of the weirdest titles of any song Strange ever, one. right? Yeah. Um, and so this song is called literally <laughs> Something in the Water. And then there's a parenthetical, does not compute. Um, and here, let's just go. Let's do it. Let her go. Yeah. <laughs> 
And what are your thoughts on that song? It's so, it's bizarre. Oh yeah. And the just there's something when you listen to it, there's something very off about it. Mm-hmm. That it's not what you would expect from Prince. It doesn't give you the same like excitement feelings that you would get from like the singles. Okay. He's like walking you over the cliff's edge, and you don't know what you're jumping into. You know you like it, and you're curious, and you don't know what comes next. And I remember thinking, how did this song? How did it get on? Make it on this album? It's it's so bizarre. I need to go back and really listen to this record front to back again. It's one that I've spent less time with than the the others. I mean, it's so bizarre. Yeah, well, and and that song is so huge. And what's the one before it? It's got. You think it's been? You know, oh boy. Well, here now I've got it right here. So it is automatic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's. Which is, that's it. Here's the funny thing. I can listen to the song we listen to now. Yeah. Forever. Automatic. I still have, it's kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's cheeky. (laughs) But what's fascinating too for me is, and we're not going to get into, yeah, you know, I I am a feminist and we could talk about misogyny and Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, but I'm going to bring the, camp humor to this as well because yeah. I do find the moment in the song where he's just like bitch and then you hear a slap it's funny right it doesn't make it's like what is going on here right I mean you hear this song and you're like what in the hell is this about and then at the very end it just stops slows down and elevates to this plea it's yeah. like poetry it's yeah. very strange and you suddenly you're like Wait a minute. What did I? So we got here. He's changed his entire perspective by the end. Like I just, I love you, baby, right? And 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 so to me, this is probably the campiest Prince song. Yeah. But I love camp, and so I had to have some camp in the <laughs> in the lineup tonight, um, because the thing, and I think that's the thing too for me is that as meticulous a musician as he is, and mm-hmm. I will have to use the present tense because the music is it's timeless. eternal. Yeah, he's always with us. The cheekiness that he always brought to the table, always, never let go of, right? God, I love that. You yeah. know, and it was just the cheekiness. And there's nothing, there's no other word I could actually use, right? And then when you look at the, this album as well, in terms of the variety of, it's almost like you could actually probably write a thesis about this album around every song to some degree is where it, you could write uh, a huge dissertation oh, yeah. about each song. He plays with, he's got, there's a consistency that underlines his music, right? But then each one individually, he's playing with, 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 with the technique, with, with the form, with, 
with the lyrics, with, with, and, and, you know, no wonder he went through so many musicians, right? Cause I'm sure he was exhausting. I can only imagine. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, he had to have been a little bit of a perfectionist. He had to. No, have been. I mean, the ultimate. Right. <laughs> and so, but that, that's what's so interesting is the juxtaposition for me of the meticulousness and then the frivolity. Right. And, and in a way too, for, again, I have to put it in its historical context. Right. So at this time too, it's, it's still like Loverboy era ish, right? I mean, mm-hmm. disco has died, right? And there, and then MTV has taken mm-hmm. over, which is the one hit wonder series that still is with us today. But certainly in the eighties, it was all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this album was just amazing. Couldn't get enough of it, right? And we had to wait a while for the next one, for sure. Um, and so I moved to Texas at this point in my life, right? And certainly for me too, it's. Welcome to the land of steers and queers, and I've got half of that quadrant taken care of. So anyway, you know, it's um, really fun time, right? But still, there's a delay here now in terms of the release of the next album. And then, of course, there's the news that suddenly Prince is making a movie. Um, okay, all right, right? Because he can, and yeah. suddenly now he does. I mean, the, the, that album was so huge that now he's got massive clout, right? And in terms of those 80s, that mid eighties time frame, it's the elevation of artists that without MTV, who knows, who knows what, if there was even poss- a possibility. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there's the switch, not quite yet, but you know, it's still vinyl, but not for long. Right. Right. I do think the first CD I bought, um, one of the first CDs was this next album. Yeah. So I, and I, I had a hard time in the eighties figuring out, do I want it on vinyl? Do I want it on, you know, um, cause you didn't have the players in your car. You had to, you had to hook that up through your eight, you know, your ox and then have it jiggle around on your dashboard, which was mm. terrible. <laughs> so for me, yeah, the a lot late, of skips, huh? a lot of skips, man. And that was till like 89 anyway. Um, so this next album, everybody knows, yeah. I mean, the whole world knows this album. You better. Otherwise, I don't know why you're wasting your time with this podcast. You wouldn't be, you're not, you haven't made it this far of the podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> right. You either, you probably gave up. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> dirty mind, good god, and it was another double album, yeah. It you was, know? um, well, he had quite you know, there was a few, right? Um, so it's funny now, I think about it. We're really for me in my life only going from 81 to 84. I mean, that's it, yeah, right? 80 was dirty mind when it came out, but I didn't hear it till 81, right? And then we could do a part two maybe later, right? Um, this was brilliant, this was brilliant in so many ways. Saw it day one in the theater, right? Um, saw it multiple times. I wasn't of age, right? Rated R, right? Um, and it was, I mean, I can't count how many times I saw it. And it was, I will confess now too, it was It was a movie I stole from, I, I stole the VHS <laughs> from Sound Warehouse. Um, very easily, I must add, the day it came out. Because of course VHS at that point was like, very it, was, it was expensive. Yeah, I didn't have the money in high right. school, right? Right. Um, Do you still have that copy? God, no. Oh. VHS, when was the last time? It's I have like three Prince VHSs that I bootlegged. You're sweet. No, no, it's long. <laughs> I like to, you know, I try to adopt and evolve quickly. Yeah. So yeah, this came out summer of 84. God, great summer. Such a great summer. And, and there's a story after for sure, but the one song for me, and it was the second song I played after he died. Mm-hmm. So I had to change the mm-hmm. disc too, right? Um, this song is probably, it's, I can't say it's my very, it's hard to pick one, 
right? Yeah. But this is certainly one of the top three by far. And in the movie, it's brilliant. Even though it was the wrong actress for the film, I must add that. Well, you know, initially initially it was supposed to be Apollonia. And she dropped out, right? That's right. And she found Jesus. So, That's right. Um, yeah, you know, and it could think about it, how, no, I'm sorry, Apollonia's in it. It was Vanity who was supposed to do it. Vanity. And Vanity right. found Jesus. And Apollonia, too. And they all did eventually, right? We all do, right? Anyway, yeah. the um, it was supposed to be Vanity. And, of course, we could have a whole other conversation about my obsession with Vanity 6, which we won't. But I could, unless you I, want to. I would like to have that conversation because I don't know what I should know. Well, there, give me, give me like the so. What happened ones. around this time as well, right? There was a very mini cottage explosion of Prince produced, Prince sponsored, Prince right. It's like a little industry of music. Yeah, it's all this. So which vanity, which now we have day, in, you know, in hip hop is a big thing now right. in the two thousands and sure up until today that that's a big thing. You and get co-signed by all these people and you, you bet know, yeah. right. And mm-hmm. Prince did exact Prince. In hindsight, too, one wonders, right? Did you know you were going to be able to build a dynasty? Yeah. Right? Maybe you did, right? I think he always did. And it's probably what pissed Warner Brothers off, yes. ultimately. And so, you know, there was a good 24-month period where, I mean, all this stuff, right? Vanity Six, Morris Day. Um, and then there was all the uh, band disruption, of course. Yep. Andre, all that, all that good dirt and stories. Um Lisa and Wendy and all that fun stuff. So at this point, I'm a junkie for sure. And I remember, I remember even my hair, the woman who used to cut my hair in, in high school, because of course you guys, if you know me and my hair, like it's been a big deal since I was a small child. Um, spike it up, right? And um, she actually, you know, then she and I used to, I remember we listened to Around the World in a Day, the day it came out, right? Mm-hmm. On, on vinyl, because that one was a special album. I mean, they're all special, but, um, you were, you, you either, and most people I knew in the, in the tribe I ran with, of course, you just, you loved, if you didn't love Prince, I didn't want to talk to you. I mean, I just didn't. Right. I don't, I, I, I could, no, I really couldn't understand. I mean, now I'm a little bit looser. Right. But of course in high school, you know, you're, there's very little nuance, right? It's you're either in or you're out. Right. And I didn't talk to people who didn't get Prince. I just couldn't understand why he wouldn't, right? And even then, when I think about it today, he was controversial, but it wasn't anything like the later years when when Tipper Gore took took over, right? right. So there, and, and at this point too, I'm pretty sure I don't remember. It wasn't till her, right, that the labels. No when did cared. the labels start on the albums, right? For the it was you know it was her. It was that whole D. Snyder case where he's like. But it was after I'd gone to college. Right? I mean, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't in while I was in high school, as far as I can recall. It was less about. Everyone knew he was a bit controversial, and everyone knew he pushed the envelope. And purple rain for what it's worth. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's even then as it is now. It's not like this big salacious movie, right? Um, it's pretty tame. I mean, probably today it would be like a PG thirteen. But and that movie works only because of him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. And the performances, right? Um, because the storyline is the, the storyline. Yeah. You and know, there's the misogyny. Oh yeah. So ever present. That but. But being able to see him at that point in a theater on an yeah. enormous screen 
and hearing the music and feeling it in the seats, right? And luckily, I will, I'll save the punchline after we listen to this song for what happened to me later that year. Um, I mean, that's, I can't count how many times the theater because it was like going to a show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, I always think like it would have been, it would have been really, truly erotic had Vanity been in it because she was walking, she was sex on legs. I yeah. mean, that sounds, I know some women may be like, dude, babe, or whatever. Um, but you know, Prince was sex. I mean, that, that really became his brand. Um, yeah. And the thing I think that was interesting for me and my friends who loved him, and I'm sure it's the case for you too, is that's just surface. Right. That's just surface. If that's all you can actually see, then you're actually, you don't get it. You're missing the point. You're totally missing the point. So the thing for me about this next song that is so the, the revelatory, right, is he didn't do a ton of ballads. Not really, right? Not too many. And... At least not during this period. It was a departure to some degree from yeah. his typical music, right? And even when you take the whole total of this album, it stands out. So this is The Beautiful Ones, and uh, this is, you know, this is one of those very few songs I would say, when I go, play it, please, because I love it.
taste of computer blues. We got a little that teaser one. there at the end. Yeah. You know what, too? It's like opera. That song is like is like an aria in an opera. Yeah. I mean, how it starts. Right. The content of what he is trying to go for, what he is trying to say, mm-hmm. right? And then how it just, the escalation, and then the absolute explosion. That last minute and a half is just like a total transformation. Complete. It's insane. And goosebumps. Yeah, every time. Every time. Every, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And there's been people, I'm sure, who have seen me in my car, and this is very <laughs> loud, and I am absolutely oh, yeah. right there with them. No, I mean, you, that. this is, in a record of so many good songs... This is the hidden gem. It's <sighs> not done that it's hidden, but but it kind of it I mean, kind of is. Kind of is. And when you right. get to that last minute and a half, that like raw emotion <clears> that <throat> everybody feels, you're expected to feel when you hear doves cry or purple rain and stuff. Nothing pulls it out like that last minute and a half. And I forbid you if if you have listened to this song, you had the images from your movie in your head. Psh- Get it out of your head. Yeah. Get it out of your head. Yeah. It's not actually, even though that's a great scene in the film, right? right. Um, 
close your eyes and put yourself in the head of this person. Yeah. And we know it's Prince, right? But again, there's so much of his song now too that begins to evolve, in my opinion, into poetic. Mm. Um, and it's still cheeky, it's still dirty. But even tonight, when I look back at the three songs I picked, which I didn't listen to prior to today, tonight in the, any kind of order, yeah. what I've also noticed tonight, which I love this, right? Keep doing this, Harrison, forever. Is that, you know, we started off with this very punky, you know, mm-hmm. bur- burgeoning young man, like right. stick, sticking his territory yeah. and, you know, yeah. well, it's very cocky. Yeah. <clears throat> he never loses the cockiness, but then you go to the next one, which was crazy, right? Like, let's be honest, right? That song is nuts, but it's the evolution. Ha 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 revolution. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then we get to this, which purple rain was sort of the first time I think as well. Suddenly everyone was paying attention and I think that was because this was this was certainly the album as well as the time frame as an artist that you could absolutely see him claim his own, right? He yeah. he owned it. He was he and, and he was and it was breathtaking and it was brilliant to watch and listen to. And he had hit that nadir of just that perfect it is. This album too, I mean it is just What's wrong with this album? Um, not no, really very anything I can think of, right? Um, it's still a great album. Yeah. <clears throat> but like really great albums that have been over oversold or overplayed, you know, go back to the roots of it, right? Always. Right. And I right. think with Prince, for me at least, because it was a very fundamental part of growing up for me and still, you know, it is, you have that soundtrack of your youth, you yeah. know? And, and, um, God, I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the music, always. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 when, it, you like Prince a lot, what records should I listen to? What are the best Prince records? And, you know, the... the I made you a mix. The, yeah, no, you did, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it was great, and then Spotify took them all away. But Bastards. <laughs> um, it's just so sad. I can't see the names of those tracks. I can't remember which oh, ones Oh, I've still got the it. playlist yeah, somewhere. Okay. Um, but... You know, I think "Sign of the Times" is probably my favorite Prince record. Oh, yeah, by far. Um, oh, it's great. It's, I mean, that's that's an incredible record, and he's doing something there that he never did again, uh, and no one ever has. But no, and Farrah, if you what, listen to this podcast, Farrah, I think of you, Farrah, because we're still friends from high school. Yeah. Every time mm-hmm. I hear that album, reminds my friend Farrah, and we're still in touch. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should yeah. have her on. And see She's what her amazing. Are. She's amazing. But I mean, "Purple Rain" as as much as like a pure Prince fan would want to not highlight Purple Rain because that's one everyone knows. It is flawless. Like from front to back, it's a perfect record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it will be, it will stand the test of time for all eternity and people will always connect to that. Um, and I mean, watching the movie now, you know, I think you've got a very strong association to it from seeing the film. Theaters. I don't, I mean, I'm not like, let's pop in purple. Right. I mean, yeah. rare. I don't watch it a lot. Right. right. At, at the, at the age I was then. Right. I mean, of course. Right. Um, but I was a teenager. That movie was made for teenagers. It's fun, but yeah, it's hard. Let's it's hard. Honest. It's hard to go back and watch it. And, oh God. Yeah. Uh, Except for the, the pieces. Well, the, the performances. I mean, absolutely. Darling Nick, like I fantasize oh, about, I love doing karaoke and I, Prince is like one of my go-to, one of my go-to karaoke. And I've got, I, I can do a decent number of them. I love doing but, Queen karaoke. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We should oh, have a, we love should have karaoke. And on. you and I have karaoke together. <laughs> we have. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. 
Um, oh, the good old but days. We, my, uh, at one point, so the the darling Nikki performance mm-hmm. where he's mm-hmm. like shirtless mm-hmm. and then humps mm-hmm. the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is mm-hmm. the most iconic. It's so good. But at one point, and it is my goal in life to get, like I've rehearsed, I could... I know that song front to back. I know you do. And I know the dance. I know how to hump the floor like he does. I'll, One day I'm going to get trashed and I'm going to embarrass the hell out of myself, but I'm going to do that. Let's do it. And I'll have, <laughs> I'll have a bottle of baby oil and water and I'll spray it all over you. Okay. How's that? That scene is just so good. And, I love that song. And we'll have an audience. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I, I remember there was one time when I went to karaoke and somebody performed it and I was so pissed because it was terrible, they just butchered right? it. And no respect did. for it. Of course they No did. respect for it. And that's just it. You either respect this man or you don't. So here's the cherry on the top of the purple red yeah. cake. Yeah. Lucky me. Growing, growing up in Arlington, as I call Arlington, Texas, back in the <laughs> 80s. Back in the 80s, concerts were cheap. I mean, it was like 20, 25 bucks, right? Yeah. So ready for, I don't know if you and I have talked about New Year's Eve, 1984. No. I got to see him that night in Dallas at Reunion Arena. 1984. So New Year's Eve, my parents didn't find out till many years later, and now they tell jokes about it, right? In fact, it was just a year or two ago when I, when I was hanging out with mom and dad. Actually, it was after he died. It was this year. Because all of, out of the blue, mom goes, did you sneak off to go to the, see Prince? I mean, out of the blue. It's like six months ago, right? And my parents are like 80. And I was like, mom, what are you, I can't, what are you, yeah. I go, of course. <laughs> I said, she goes, I always knew it. And I was like, Mom, it was 30 plus years ago. She's been holding on to it for that long. And then she's like, I was kind of liked him. I mean, it was so funny, right? And my <laughs> parent, my, listen, my mom's favorite movie, and she'll never hear this podcast probably. If she does, she still love it. Her favorite movie was Porky's growing up. I mean, my dad loved Blazing Saddles, <laughs> and they were always very like, don't tell anybody, right? And I, I, w- I remember waking up one night in junior high, and it was very, my mom was an insomniac, right? And... I would wake up and she'd be watching HBO. And I remember one night waking up and walking in, like, what are you doing awake? And she was watching Porky. <laughs> and the look on her face, she's like, don't tell your father. Um, and, but, so, I mean, for, it was, it was, it was just this year because he had died. And she yeah. was like, didn't you sneak off that, weren't you, weren't you supposed to go to like Todd Tibbetts' house or something? Like <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was, um, I mean, I still met what a magical night. Yeah. So it's the first time I get to see him live. Is his Purple Ranger, and it's New Year's Eve, and it's Reunion Arena in Dallas, no. and it's a bunch of white teenagers for the most part. Right? Yeah. But it was a very eclectic crowd, and of course, everyone at this point too. It's the Madonna era, so everyone's wearing the lace and the beads <laughs> and the headbands and whatever else. And I'm sure I was just wearing ripped jeans and some t-shirt <laughs> and trying to pierce my ear for the 500th time, but. You know, that That's was an painful. incredible show. Um, and you got to see him, thank I God, once, right? Yeah, thank the, I wish I could have seen him in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have caught that set. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we have, we've just barely scratched the surface. There's right? so much. Because <clears throat> for me, after this, you've got Around the World in the Day, which... I love. You've got, you know, now the movie that came next was a piece of shit, but it's still kind of campy. And again, we should talk about the camp value of, well, Parade was the album, right? But it was Under the Cherry Moon was the the movie, which, you know, it's okay. Actually, I've never seen it. I have it on (laughs) Blu-ray. Well, Kristen Scott Thomas is in it. It's a piece of shit, though. No, it's actually, it's, well, listen, you've got to put on your camp glasses. Okay, I mean, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a camp. You know, you're, you know what you're signing up for. When, it's actually a little bit more, it's a little bit, it's lighter to sit through than Purple Rain, right? I okay. mean, when you go back to Prince's dad's house and there's the abuse, that's not a fun section no. of the movie, right? 
Under the Cherry Moon is nonsensical and it doesn't have any logic really. It's beautifully shot. I mean, the cinematography okay. in that yeah. film. And Kristen Scott Thomas, I mean, you know who she is, right? Mm-mm. Oh, hair. You saw The English Patient or no? Year, decades ago. It was since her in the 80s and she's just a sex bomb. She's gorgeous and she's just regal and she's just amazing. And so, I mean, and, and it's the French Riviera. I mean, it's stupid, right? It makes There's no logic behind <laughs> it. It's beautifully shot. I love that album. That album for that summer, I, I want to say it was 87, like that. That was our out. Al- that was one of our go-to albums as the group of friends I had. That was a great album, and then Sign of the Times. Yeah, which I mean, no one saw that. I mean, I certainly. I remember getting. I was surprised by that. Another double album, right? Yeah. Um, and that carried me through graduation of high school, and then I got to college, and so the last album for me was Love Sexy, which of mm-hmm. course the CD was you could it was one track. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, and in those days too, it was like. And I loved it too. It was almost like Prince. Yeah, that record is so obnoxious. But it was almost it's like an, that's an amazing mm, record. But it's hey, like, it was a song. In this I, day, it was a song so I could have picked from that tonight for sure. Yeah, well, I wouldn't um, have been able to have find them. Well, no, you, it would have been easier than it would have been in the eighties, my friend. That's let me true. tell you that because you put "Love Sexy" in in college, and it was you just got to go with it. Right. And I kind of loved that because it was like Prince saying, "Yeah, yeah, go fuck challenge. yourself. Yeah. You're going to listen to this entire." This is album. meant to be heard as a piece. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then that, for me, sort of closed. The, I mean, I, I still, I, I, I wasn't really loving the music after that. Right. I listened to it, right? What comes after Love Sexy? Well, then it was Diamonds and Pearls yeah, and, yeah. and then, and then, then his whole, gets into his you whole, know. Uh, and, of course, it was after, then Warner Brothers blew up. Right. I mean, this was pretty much the time frame that yeah. that whole thing happened. Yeah. Um, and then it was the 90s. What can I say about that, right, at the whole other <laughs> podcast? Um, so he defines not only for me that era, but certainly that coming of age, right? And I'm again, I'm just so, I'm I'm happy that that he, that because of Amanda's crazy sister, right? Like he came into my life. Um, and people may laugh, right? But there are artists that that you stumble across typically, right? Or someone thrusts a book or an album or a movie into your hands, right? And just promise you, right? You've got to go. Right, just right? trust me on this. And we do this all the time with when we meet people, right? Mm-hmm. It's your it's your ten tickets to entry, right? And yeah. Like, what, what do you think about this? And right. That. And and for me, truly, yeah. If you don't, if you can't grasp at least the raw essence of why why I love Prince, I don't know that we're gonna like. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Like that's you know, a we can point for you. we can we can only go so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to be fair, there's I mean. If you didn't grow up in that time period and you don't understand it, you have to. But you didn't grow up in that time period, and you get it. Yeah, but I mean, it took the time. Everyone, people have different levels of tolerance for how much they're willing to open themselves up to something new. Which I like. I think in a lot of ways, this this is definitely a very unique episode because we've talked a lot, very specific about the artist and the music and things like that. Um, And but what we haven't talked about is what what was the tickle for you. With Prince. Oh, why? Why what, did I get into Where did Prince? it start? Oh, man. Hmm. I mean, I knew Prince from the singles. Um, and I think the first time that I really started to listen to Prince was in college. Okay. Um, and, you know, I grew up, I was big... In high school, I was a big Jimi Hendrix person. Uh, Amen. Like, Started in sixth grade. Like, Jimi Hendrix was a big gateway for me. It mm-hmm. turned into like Funkadelic and 
Parliament and Sly and the Family Stone and that whole mm. kind of wave mm-hmm. of just these like psychedelic uh, guitar-driven um, music. And so, you know, I knew Prince, of course, was a reputable guitarist, which is funny because you listen to his music and it's like, there's actually, I mean, there's, guitar is obviously a huge element and he's a phenomenal guitar player, but how bizarre that as good as he was at guitar, he never let it be about that. And when you would watch, like when I saw him live, I think he wore a guitar for maybe two or three songs. I consciously chose songs tonight that, don't that we did that. not listen to Prince play guitar. Yeah. Um, and I think people in their head have this idea of him being that guitar and sure. so much more. I mean, uh, or a poor man's sign, sign of the times is best album. Oh. He plays every single instrument on yes. and there's gotta be 500 instruments mm-hmm. on that record. It's insane. Um, but uh, you know, I, in college, uh, some good friends, they all lived in a house together and they would throw a lot of dance parties and things awesome. like that. Um, and so of course like Prince, you know, is every, 12 songs is going to be a Prince song. Good friends, man. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. And so, you know, and I knew the songs, but you just hear them more and you get more positive association. Your body can't help but move. Of course. And then, you know, I start, you know, I download the records illegally, of course. (laughs) Uh, And And if you know me, you know how I feel about that. But anyway. Well, yeah. But Uh, I mean, so, I mean, I came at the time and at Texas, I lived in the dorms for the first two years and there was this thing my freshman year, it was called DC Plus Plus. And it was like a peer-to-peer sharing network that was a program that lived and you could only connect through through campus Wi-Fi. Someone had done it. So it wasn't even like you couldn't... And some Wi-Fi rando was new person. at this time, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, actually, it was, you could do hardwire as well. Okay. Right? So, um, so you had to basically live in a dorm to get access to it or no friends lived in a dorm. And you'd plug in, you'd get on, and you could basically search for anything from... Music, sure, with movies. Students, you Honestly, be probably ninety percent of it was porn, of but course. inevitably, like Prince you would know, have loved that everything. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, and so you know, it was just a free for all. And the thing that was crazy about it was internet wasn't as fast back then. But this, because it's all like locally connected stuff. I mean, you could download albums with a single click, which was unheard of for most, mm-hmm. you know, commercial internet. And I just, and the thing was too, is there'd be users and you could find users and you could see access to their entire library. So there would be people that would have terabytes of music. Wow. Um, and you literally, it was, and it was all organized by artist and album. Okay. And it was just like a little folder hierarchy. You just so you went down that rabbit hole. So yeah, I just said, oh, Prince discography, pulled it all off and literally had, which mm. don't do that because <laughs> Prince's discography, well, first off, it was to support the art. Uh, but also Princess Discography is like, there's like 85 things that will turn up. And how much more do we have left to discover? And well, I'm kind of, in, I'm, let's be, I'm nervous about let's that be patient. for the long But term. let's be patient. I mean, well, there's going to be a lot of good. It's, it's be a lot still of the good. first year, yeah, man. I just have the right? right people can control it. It's still the first year. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I opened it up and it was too intimidating at first um, to like go into bits and pieces. I do remember like connecting with... I don't know, something about the song Thunder on oh Diamonds God. and Pearls. It's such a bad song. Oh, well, the album's, I mean, listen, that's... But it's okay. There's some, there's some mm. tracks on it. But for some reason, that song, like, was like, oh, it's Thunder. Fun. I don't know why. Um, but then, of course, you know, Purple Rain really finally, like, listened to it as a piece. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing the research. And then, you know, I, his, at this point, I mean, he's obviously so well documented that you can read everyone's opinions and, 
I just basically went down the rabbit hole of spending an entire semester listening to Prince that? records you know? and falling in love with it. And, you know, over the years it became more and more important in different mm-hmm. phases. And, um, and then really it was probably the past like four years or so that I really went all in and, um, you know, just got to, got to listen to so much of it. And three years ago, I think it was three, maybe it was four. Cause I met you six years ago. Yeah. That seems about right. Um, he was playing, he was the headliner for Essence Music Festival in New Orleans. Right. Um, and I was like, I've got to go see Prince. Um, and so I bought a ticket and my friend Bryson and I, um, mm. well, no, it wasn't Bryson, it was my friend Adam. Um, we drove there, like, it was a whirlwind trip. Like, we didn't even spend the night. We drove there for the show. Well, after a Prince show, you don't want to go to bed. Yeah, well, we went there, <laughs> we went to the show, we were on the floor was just completely blown away. I mean, you know, I can't even describe it. You can't do it justice. You don't need to. The only thing I could say is you literally watching it and you feel like either I must be dreaming or I must have been able to go yeah. to a different planet. Yeah. Because this, what you're watching and feeling and listening to is so, it's transcendent. It I is. mean, it really is transcendent. And I, and I, I'm thinking like consciously because we've both seen them, it's, we can obviously embellish and talk about this and I don't want to alienate listeners who of course won't not. get that chance. And th- but some of them the, may have the point. That's true. I think the point is, is we will never have another Prince, but we will always have his music. Thank and God. there's so much there mm-hmm. that do yourself a favor, get to know it, please, and please become intimate with it. And you will become intimate with yourself through it. Um, you just nailed it right on the head. And that's the mastery that he, Accomplished, um, and because of his bravado, and because of his sense of be you, yeah. As a young, as a young man too, right? Yeah, it was powerful. Yeah, and I'm so thankful. Well, and you talked about too how people will, it's if they dismiss it as oh, it's just about being sexual. That's an entry point, and it's a, obviously a very big element to Prince's music, and a very powerful Can element um, to it, but. There is a lot of things, and I, there's a biography I read about him where they go into a lot about um, Prince, and he's like the divorced generation's artist, and how much of it ties to his history with his parents, and the music that comes out of that, and being a voice for children of divorce in the '80s when it's becoming mm-hmm. very prominent and not mm-hmm. talked about, and that understanding that comes out of that ties into sex. There's also a very religious element to his mm-hmm. music. That, frankly, the deeper you go into understanding that the more the scarier it can get and some meanings that maybe you find I personally have been challenged with based on some of that and still don't know how to feel about some of the perspectives that he brings into that because it becomes, especially in later works, but even going back to the old stuff, you decode some different things and some of the sex stuff is not actually about sex. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. And it's interesting and what a complex person Mm -hmm. that no one could ever understand and will never get to and probably thankfully won't be able to understand because it's terrifying but it comes out in his music in such a beautiful way that you gotta you gotta appreciate it yeah yeah it's good hallelujah prince <laughs> amen that's what i say that's right <laughs> oh man well we've come to the end of the songs and the stories um as we close out i don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add or if you it's feel pretty pleasure. good about it's it true pleasure it's great having you on i Me really too. enjoyed that i'm glad to be fun. here All right, well, we'll wrap there. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone.